Hey, welcome to the Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Pastor Keith, and joining me as always, Pastor Barry Edgman. Good day to you, sir. I have only four words. Four. You're going to give them one by one, or? No. Green Bay Packers, Julio Jones. That's a lot more than four. Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yeah, that's five. Julio jo- that, that's five. five words. That's five. You could have just, you could have went. Julio Jones. Julio Jones. Jones. I have two words for you. <laughs> <laughs> that is the only realistic replacement for, for Devonte Adams. Yep. So we, as, as we tend to always say, we shouldn't date our podcasts. We have just traded Devonte Adams to the Oakland Oh, the Las Vegas Raiders. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Roll it back. Roll it. We just traded him to uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and uh, the town, because Devante was such a, he was, he was a a great poster, poster person for Mm -hmm. the city of Green Bay. Yes, he he was. He was, he was a contributor to the community. He was, he will be missed in the regards of a man leaving our town. Our town isn't better because he's gone. And he was on top of that, a heck of a good receiver. Uh, So he's now in Las Vegas pursuing his, his childhood dream and good for him. Uh, so the reference point is that now there's whispers and rumors that Julio Jones is interested in the Green Bay Packers. So I'd love it if next week uh, we say, yeah, he's a Packer now. Or, you know, well, dang that team. I just, yeah, I, yeah, Julio Jones. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> just that, I'm going to leave it at Julio Jones. That's all I can do. Uh, I think everyone in Green Bay would enjoy that. Um, okay. So we are starting a new series here. Uh, if you, uh, if you're doing this in chronological order, you have just finished, uh, the evil trifecta. Uh, we did it in a three week series, uh, talked about the evil trifecta amongst men, uh, money, sex, and power. We went into great detail with those. So if you haven't listened to those, um, I don't know. Should I be biased on episodes? Should I like yeah. more than others? I, yeah. like, I like those three probably yeah. the most we've yeah. done. Yeah. I think that those three are the most impactful uh, for myself. Because uh, though I host the show and you think that maybe I have some control over what we're going to talk about, I don't. I just kind of make sure that the train stays on the track. Mm. Um, so as a person talking into the mic and also listening to the ideas and concepts discussed, uh, for me, those three episodes were were. Uh, my favorite of of the show so far. Well, I I think as we as we develop our our mojo and we figured out that the our best work is three 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 one two three. I think it's turned out to be really good. But I will tell you that I think we've got the most blowback and feedback on those. Yeah. Well, it, by far, it's it's one of those things that some some topics we can talk about that some men can go. Well, that doesn't that doesn't pertain to me. That doesn't, that's, that doesn't, uh, you know, I've never had a, 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 a that as an issue in my life, mm. but when you rattle off the money, sex, power, and, mm-hmm. and then how it manipulates men, um, there's not a single man that can't say yeah. that one of those yeah. is a, is a, either a trigger I've had a problem with, I'm about to have a problem with, or I did have a problem with, and I've gotten out of mm-hmm. it. So yeah, yeah I, it, it doesn't surprise me that, yeah. that the, the vast majority of the emails that we've received from this show Mm -hmm. have come from, you know, here's one of the things I think coming out of COVID that you and I've discussed several times, not only here in the studio, but also on the team that we work with. Um, and you said something about a year ago that I thought, bro, that is so good. And you said coming out of COVID, we need to tell people what they need to do and what's next. 
yeah. created the narrative to be responsible with the proper messaging and to give direction because people coming out of COVID are still coming out of the whole thing. And we each week are, are meeting new people who are struggling and who are, Correct. I just came for, I mean, I'm just, I'm just coming out of this thing. So it's important for us to have that good narrative about different things, especially about things like this, because if you've been locked up in your house for a year or at least restricted to some some form of pandemic, y- your your cage is going to get rattled. Yeah, um, yeah. So like living in Green Bay, like the vast majority of my living is done in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Mm. Uh, it's it's like almost as if the pandemic has 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 been done for a while, mm-hmm. right? Now we're just putting the pieces back together right. on working right. remotely from home. Do we need to do that anymore? Yeah. Um, I wear a mask when I go to the, the hospitals, mm-hmm. um, when I go to uh, assisted living homes, yeah. um, clinics, but everywhere else I don't. Right. Um, so, but my the, the vast majority of my family lives in Los Angeles mm. in and around the area. And it is still very, very relevant there. Very. Like, they, they are still locking down. They're still absolutely wearing masks everywhere mm-hmm. they go. It's it's just, it's interesting that our country, our country is really large. Mm-hmm. Like our country, ge- like geographically square mileage speaking, we're one of the larger ones in the, in the world, right? And we have a, a large population. And within our country, those, uh, just how one one thing is is completely different one state over, mm-hmm. you know, so that it is a very real thing. Like some people are still coming out of this mm-hmm. and, and it's very important that as people are, are questioning, this is a great time to be questioning your faith. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are Absolutely. questioning your faith, yeah. questioning, what am I doing professionally? Yeah. What yeah. am I, what, what am I, what am I seeking out in life to yeah. give fulfillment, to fill my cup and also to be happy? Well, um, well, just the other night in our life group, you know, one of the guys was struggling with, you know, what job to take. Right. You know, he had a, he had a good job, but he had a great job offer. And he was, he was, he was pivoting back and forth to see what, which is best for he and his family. And there are those decisions being made. And when you come out of COVID, it's like, bro, what do I do here? Yeah. So those, I, those decisions are being made and they right, always have been right. made, but it's like, there's, it's like, now we can start thinking about these decisions differently because mm-hmm. the, the norm that, our nine to fives were mm-hmm. prior no, to yeah. this. They, they're just not that anymore. I can't tell you how many people that I've talked to and probably you too as well, who have gone back to work from home and now they're experiencing anxiety because they have yeah. to be back in the building with mm-hmm. people or they can't, they can't get up and go from their bed to their computer in their pajamas or underwear and work. Right. <laughs> so it's you very are, inconvenient. Me and my wife were just talking about this. Uh, you're probably getting the employers, and there's st- there statistics on this. They're, they're getting more from their employees mm-hmm. by having them work at home because yep. they're willing to work longer. Right. You know, they're willing to work up till dinner because they don't mm-hmm. have to commute home, make dinner. Right. Do, they don't have to do it. My wife's the same way. Like, she'll start working at 745. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, maybe during her lunch, she'll, you know, I'll tell you the truth, on Fridays I have off with her. And lunch is only like 15 minutes. She's back at it. Yeah. I would venture to say that the vast majority of employee uh, employers that have their employees uh, remotely working are, are getting more out of their employees than they ever were. And they're saving well, a couple, a couple of the larger corporations have sold some of their major, yep. major office buildings and they're saving millions of dollars yeah. a year. 
and that has gone to help recover from COVID and what money was right. lost. So it's it's helped them out to do that. But again, to your point, there's all these people who are who are are starting over again. Right, and, and the, all that to say stuff. is that. <laughs> The decisions that were that have been decisions for family for men for mm-hmm. since the dawn of professionalism, mm-hmm. um, they're just they're different answers now. Mm-hmm. And and when you start incorporating different answers into these questions, then you're then you're not too far off to saying, well, are there different answers for other mm-hmm. questions too? Mm-hmm. And so this is for me uh, as a as an outsider looking in, uh, looking at the wide picture. I think that we're in a point where our our society it can make a giant leap in another direction in an impositive direction. Um, now, will that happen? Will, will we be on the right side of history on that? Uh, I, I guess we're, we're, we'll see as it comes, but yeah, I mean, with, with just the, the job, uh, regards, that's just the tip of the iceberg on that. Oh my gosh. Well, there are mm. other ways to do other things too. Yeah. Uh, should I explore those other yeah. ways? So yeah, it's, we, we are living in interesting times. Yeah. And, um, and as we say all that, like, as in, the modern timeline of what we're living in right now. Uh, this is a good a good segue to introduce our yeah. our, our the next yeah. three episodes here. <laughs> it's uh, perfect. The next three episodes we are. It's we almost are, like we planned this. We aren't talking about uh, about modern civilization whatsoever. No, we're we're no. going as far back as you can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about uh, one of the, the the four posts, the four pillars of Father Seekers is purpose, identity, sonship, and legacy. And we're going to talk about the identity part today because. I think a lot of men in general uh, struggle with um, actually knowing and understanding their identity, how they were designed and created in, in even before they arrived, how, how that happened, but then how it, it transacted and transitioned as they grew up, as they were born, as they, as they lived. Um, what's interesting about identity is that many of us spend most of our lives trying to figure out who we are. Because if we, and that's an innate, that's an innate hunger designed in us to know who we are. So identity not only determines how we think about ourselves, what we think about ourselves, but also what we think about others and what we think about future and and legacy and and all of the things that men have to deal with. Are we the, are we the, the, the bearer of our own identity? Like, are we... Um, are we the ones that decide that? Uh, that's an interesting question. And I've read a lot about that. And here years ago, um, years ago, there was a big debate about uh, in psychology about uh, is it is it the environment you grow up in mm-hmm. or Na- nature versus nurture? Yeah. Is it is it the the models that you see? Like I was talking to a group of guys last night. Mm hmm. And one of the guys said, when I was a kid, I just did what I saw my parents and my family do. I thought it was normal, but then I realized it was not normal. Yeah. I get out. I, it's not normal. So, so I became what I, what I understood and what was modeled to me. Yeah. Like the, a, a good example of this, and it's something that I have lived and experienced my entire life, be it that I've always uh, especially in Green Bay, Wisconsin, growing up in the '80s and '90s, I, I looked different. You know, I, I've I'm I'm a, a, I'm a person with multiple cultures inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, my my skin tone is darker. Mm. Uh, so that brings up the: 
is racism taught or is racism, are you born with it? And not a single person would say, oh yeah, you're born that way. You're born hating people. You, Negative. You aren't. It's taught. Negative. You are, you are a subject of your environment. Yeah. I can tell you right now, I know it's hard for people to understand this, but, but I'm Southern. I can tell you right now, racism's taught. Yeah, yeah, I can tell you now. It's exemplified. It's, it is, it is, it is in some places, and and where I grew up, it it was part of the family business. Yeah, it's taught. So, it, it, it in places that you would you would be surprised. It's taught. Oh, I, I, I living as a person who has been on the receiving end of racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I think the people that haven't been on the receiving end might be surprised at some at some of those stories. But so that's 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 a side subject that mm-hmm. we didn't even plan on talking yeah. about today. But maybe that's a podcast. Sometime. That's a great example of uh, of how is is your identity? Are you born with it entirely? Um, it, coming from that, you'd say, well, no, it's probably M. It probably was how I was raised, the experiences I've had. Yeah. I'm the sum of all the parts of everything I've witnessed, everything mm-hmm. I've heard, everything I've smelled and tasted. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are some things that you are you are innately born with. Mm-hmm. And those are the things we, uh, we're going to talk about over the next right. three weeks. Right. So, yeah. So, um, my, my dad left, um, left home when I was five-ish years old. So I wasn't around him a lot, but as I grew older, people said, oh my God, you look just, then they would call me by my dad's name and they would call, they would call me little Jackie. My dad's name was Bob, his nickname Jackie. And and they would call, call me little Jackie or little Bob or little man or, so there were traits that I had naturally from my dad because he's my dad there are, there are dna traits that came through through the bloodline like he had kidney problems he died with chronic kidney disease that was transferred to me so that came along with with that dna but there were also some really good things that my dad passed on to me that i had no idea about like he was he would he could talk literally to anybody and he could sell ice water to Eskimos. Like he was just, he was just that guy because people liked him. And there were a lot of great things about him that, that being around him that I picked up those few years. So, so are there things passed down to us? Yes. Are there things DNA and physically passed down to us? Yes. Spiritually? Yes. We know that scripture says that our fathers transfer to us things and impart to us spiritual things and 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 the scripture also talks about the sins of the father visited to the third and the fourth generation it's like if you see your dad is a womanizer and he has affairs with other women uh besides your mom then you perceive that to be norm and you perceive that to be okay because you weren't taught here's the wonderful thing about the way that god created us he created us to learn to observe and to imitate and mimic what we see and what we understand. And that's why it's so important for us to understand as fathers or potential fathers someday, or just as a man, 
it's so important for us to understand how how crucial it is for for our understanding to be clear in the way that Jesus uh, created us to be godly men regardless of what we saw or what was modeled there's this other model there's this other guy sure. there's this there's this father in heaven who sent his son to be the the image bearer of him so that we could imitate and emulate that Jesus we could do what do what he does and do what he did okay yeah yeah so that's with all that said, 17 minutes into the show, we're going to introduce what, what the episode's about. Let's uh, go. Let, break down to me where we're going to be talking about being a prophet, mm-hmm. a priest, or a king. Okay, so Jesus was the, again, you know, if you've not picked it up already in these podcasts, I think you will after this next statement. Jesus is the perfect example of a man. He was the exact representation of God himself in human form on the earth. So if we want to know what God would do in human skin, if we want to know what God would do in Keith skin or Barry skin or Jim's or Bob's or Scott's skin, then we look at Jesus and we mimic and imitate the life of Jesus. So what were the three, like the three big categories as we look back in scripture that we could, we could sort of pin them to, to identify the characteristics and nature of Jesus himself. And, and there are three, prophet, priest, and king. He was a prophet because he spoke God's word. He was a priest because he interceded for the people to God. He was the intermediary, the only intermediary to God for the people. In other words, the only way to get to God was through Jesus himself. That's There's no other way. That's priest. And then king was the, the overseer, the provider, the protector, the one who creates this safe place for you to grow. And when there's a problem, he comes to your rescue. So as a, as a, as a man, do, do most or all, let's just make this definitive statement. Mm-hmm. Do all men carry all of these traits, the, the prophet, the priest, and the king? Yes, they all. They, there's a balance between them. We operate. It's, here's, the, here, here's the interesting thing. We talk about this. Pastor Sean always talks about this a lot. He talks about about there is one God, one God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That that is the way that we're we're created. We're creating the image of God. So there there are these three offices. I believe it's not a hard stretch to figure this out. There are three offices that I believe that we as men have to model, have to live in, and have to. Uh, I don't like this word because we used it a lot here during COVID. Pivot. Yeah, we've got <laughs> nothing against basketball, but I just we have to move fluidly between these three offices. How do you identify uh, your characteristical traits of being a prophet? Okay, that's a really good question. I think when you read the old Testament, you, you look at these guys who wore camel skin jackets, furry side in with eating bugs and eating honey and casting judgment on people. But, and that's part of, of prophet old Testament prophet. But when Jesus came on the scene, he really defined prophet in this way. And a, 
a prophet simply is one who speaks God's truth to people. Actually, the Greek word for prophet means the one who speaks forth or is an advocate for God's word to others. Not not slamming them, not beating them to death with it, not castigating judgment and, oh, because you're this, you're going to die and go to hell. No. He had the spiritual insight. Jesus, the prophet, had spiritual insight not only into what God would say to the people, but how that word that he spoke from God to the people affected the people. And then Jesus operated off of the response. And this is really, really incredible here. When Jesus spoke God's word to people, Jesus operated, although knowing full well how they would respond, he operated off of their response. For example, he asked the guy at the pool, been there 38 years, you want to you be healed? Well, he, he operated, the prophet operated, do you want to be healed? The guy said, well, all these excuses, do you want to be healed? Then the priest steps in and he, he trans, he, he moves from prophet to priest and he, he heals the guy with the power of God. And then by virtue of his action, the healing, he's recognized as king because the Pharisees and Sadducees want to murder him right there, but he disappears in the crowd and can't be found. Yeah. So there's, there's this, there's this fluidity piece here. Okay. Yeah, it's not just one. It's like, um, if I had to pick a superhero, no, like, I'm not sure who I would pick, like a Marvel hero, mm-hmm. but I would probably, I would probably want to, if I had to just pick one, like just be the guy. If, if you can only pick one, I would, I would pick, probably. Iron Man. Yeah, smart, rich. So, yeah, smart, rich, good looking, mm-hmm. and could, you know, speak into his little microphone thing and then all this superpower stuff. It's like it's like that with Jesus, but he just he was he didn't he didn't make a big deal about the transition. He just flowed from one office to the other, one characteristic to the other, and a lot of times those offices were intermingled. Like they were they were they, you don't just, oh, wait, let me put on, wait, kids, let me put on the king hat now. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you just operated in that. So I guess I, when, if you're a listener and you're saying, well, well, being prophetic, being a prophet, I thought it was like kind of fortune telling. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's seeing the future as God reveals it to you. Not a fortune teller. God knows, the scripture says, in many places that God knew us before our first day. He knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. So God knowing that he, in fact, this is, this is mind blowing, but it, it, the scripture also says in Jeremiah in Psalm in Isaiah that, that the Lord himself walked in our days before they were, exist they in other words our days were written in his book before we were we were on scene on earth yeah so he can speak to those things because he knows those things already so so as a father as a man when you operate as a prophet 
you are hearing what God says about a certain thing, and you are translating that and giving that to to your family, to your to, family, to, to, your, children. to your wife, mm-hmm. to your. And if you're not, if you're not, a, if you're a single dad, or you're not a dad yet, or whatever, but you're fatherless, or you're just a dude wanting to know this, God will speak to you now in your life. He'll use you now in this. In this, you've just got to step. It's like, for example, if. Well, my favorite vehicle in all the world, if I could buy any vehicle in my in the world, in the world, it would be a Ravzini. What? A Ravzini. A what? It's it's made by Toyota. Ravzani. Ravzani. It's a it's a Toyota. It's it's um really? I think mine's a lotus. It's a it's a t- <laughs> <laughs> it's a tank. Yeah, mine's not. It's, it's a <laughs> it's, it's no, mine's a mine's a lotus Elise. Just so we don't forget. Yeah, it's it's but this is it's a Toyota thing, and it's um, it's um, it's a civilian tank, basically. Is what it's, it's an armored vehicle with bulletproof glass and tires, and you can mount weaponry on it and electric and everything. So you get about a mile to the gallon, but it, it literally it's an amazing vehicle because it goes anywhere. It's super powered engine. You can drive it through um, through probably a wall. Yeah. You could do that, or yeah, at least you can. Yeah. Point is that that when we when we understand, you know, who we are and how we are supposed to operate, then we become who God designed us to be. So back to the back to the first question to round it back. If we understand how we're designed and how we're created, and we begin to function in that, then our true identity surfaces. So as a prophet, I'm not there to body slam. I'm not there to destroy or wreck people's lives. What I am there to be the one who speaks forth what God said and to be the advocate for that person with God to tell them what God is saying about this. Like for your kids, son, if you stay on this track, I can tell you now, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Should we buy the... Sweetheart, I don't think we should buy this house. I just, there's just, I, we just shouldn't do it. Now, it's it sounds like a prophet and a teacher are very similar, but but there's one element that there makes them very very different. So I, most most men are teachers of sorts. Uh, you're with with you how you're influencing your circle of people that are close to you with how you're influencing mm-hmm. your children mm-hmm. uh with how you're influencing your wife how your actions dictate your marriage um how you influence coworkers some of you yeah. are, are managers are bosses at mm-hmm. your job um so in all of those positions there is an element of teaching that is that comes forth from you yeah um now how a prophet and a teacher differ is that a prophet isn't necessarily teaching a trade, they are translating the translation. Word. So mm-hmm. as a prophet, um, I can I can prophesy and speak that onto my children while also teaching them lessons. Right. Right. But if I don't have God at the center of right. it, it's impossible to be a prophet. Right. You know, you you have just you have just raised one of the pivotal issues. Again, there's that word in in the life and success of a man, and that is that we we're created in the image of God and God through Jesus sent Jesus to be a disciple maker. So we're created in that image to be a disciple maker. So by, by, by nature and by default and by virtue, 
of our nature, we make disciples. But what kind of disciples do we make? So when we speak God's word forward in love and kindness and generosity and wanting and desiring the best for that one we're speaking to, then with that knowledge also comes many times a prophet is also a teacher. Mm-hmm. He has the gift of teaching. Right. So that he can interpret. God says this. How do we do that? Well, the, well, the scripture says, God's word says. Now, when you speak as a prophet, you get directives from God himself, but you also understand God's word. So then you begin to utilize both of those. So that's where the teaching comes in, where you're talking about is God speaks this thing, and then you utilize the word as the teacher and help that person understand. Or you just give that word and then use the scripture to help teach and guide and lead and direct. And and at the very least, a prophet is just an information giver. So like a prophet can very well just be a courtroom translator. Like, like not to dumb it down. Not to dumb it down, but but that's that's one of your gifts and mine is prophetic gift. Yeah, I don't I don't disrespect that gift, but much of the time people say, "Oh my God, I didn't know." I I say, I, I I'm just delivering the mail. Yeah, I I don't. Yep. There's no superpower here. <laughs> like I don't. I'm not voodooing or conjuring or, and 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 when here's, did you know that that. Okay, this is off track, but did you know why people are so attracted to the supernatural and people go to seances and fortune tellers? No. Is because that is the counterfeit gift of the prophet. Fortune telling and witchcraft. Because I can I can say these words and I can cast a power or spell over you and and make you do something. Mm. A godly prophet will never do that. They will speak the words of God and God alone, and then they stop. Mm-hmm. That's it. And in those moments, there can be information like an education, yeah. but right. for the most part, uh, at the very least, for the most part, uh, prophet prophesying is like like I said a few minutes ago. Like it's a courtroom translator, right? Like when when someone says, "Well, how'd you know that?" It's like I don't know. That's just what they I said. See, yeah, that's just what yeah. they said. I'm not. Right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not educating you the, the person on the stand is just talking right. about things and i'm just telling you what they're saying yeah what you know back to the the witchcraft and and the seances and the fortune telling thing those people utilize spiritual powers directly strictly from the enemy the devil himself mm-hmm. satanic which it's demonic and i would suggest that if you do those or seek those things out that you run from that because i, I, I wonder as you bring it up because the supernatural has always it's like as a child always interest like pe- mm-hmm. interest like I wa- absolutely I, I wonder if because I, I know the my gift of the spirit mm-hmm. that it is prophesy mm-hmm. I wonder if it interests me because that was my gift and it, it, I'm just looking at the other end of my gift I wonder if the people that are interested in that aren't actually all just prophets yeah and and there could be they're they're yeah. so they're so I don't want to say attractive but they, it definitely is like a well, so what were you saying? Like it's it's one of those mm-hmm. conversation interests mm-hmm. because it's something that they feel and it's something that they they know they have inside of them. A true prophet's on either side. A true prophet, a true prophet gets their information and guidance from spiritual forces. Yeah. So 
with how that's with different. us, yeah. our Father in heaven gives us those things yeah. by Holy Spirit. The other side of that is that, that those words and those directives come from demons or Satan himself to manipulate, control, destroy, and coerce mm-hmm. people to destruction. God's word is totally opposite. It breaks the power of all that. It breaks the desire to know the future. And here's the problem. Here's the problem with with going that alternate route rather than than to God is that we're seeking. It goes back to the fall, Keith. It goes back to the fall. I want to know something that I feel like that I should know that God won't tell me and he's hiding from me. So I'm going to go find it out myself. So that is ob that is that is not even in the same ballpark as as being a prophet to your your kids and your wife mm-hmm. and your friends and your circle of influence and, and the people you lead. Yeah. So when when God speaks to me, it's an overwhelming feeling. It's that it's the best way to describe it. It's that gut feeling, mm-hmm. that overwhelming feeling that gives you goosebumps up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, in in dreams in meditation, I also see long game. Mm-hmm. So I see like endings. I don't, I don't prophesy any like immediate future. I know that you have, especially around me. You, I've just within the last two months, I've saw three <laughs> things that you said. Not, not I, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit's telling me, I'm trying to do my very Holy Spirit's telling me that, 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 da, 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 da. And, and lo and behold, like within like a couple of weeks, all of those things happen mm-hmm. to the point where when it was announced, I looked at you, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> and so I don't do, I don't see short game. I only see long game. So long game is also rather tough to, to prove you're right or not because mm-hmm. also because of of free will, humans are always constantly changing their end. Mm-hmm. You know, the, that that ending is how that story is being wove alters minutely, mm-hmm. but enough that can change you on a positive, great trajectory to an ult- ultimately lead you to a, a terrible trajectory. Mm-hmm. And we're we're always in this volley of, are we on? Are we in right standing with God? Are we righteous mm-hmm. with God? So, uh, being pro- prophesying long game, uh, you never know if you're right because <laughs> you never well, I, you never see the possible. As you see all the endings that could mm-hmm. happen from this scenario, right. you 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 know all but one of them is going to be wrong. Well, I think too though th- that it's not the right or wrong. It's it's here's what can happen, and, and, and what do we have to do to adjust the course? And in the last few years, that's how. I have I have prayed on and discipled with is the well I there's an ending that ends like this mm-hmm. how do we not have it end like that sort of mm-hmm. thing so uh, with all that with pro, with prophecy and um, I I I think that it's a more common thing than than the the world would have you believe mm-hmm. you know yeah, well, I actually had a question yesterday yeah. I was I was with a with a guy we were I was discipling a guy and he goes I don't even think prophets exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hello. And we talked about the we talked in in detail. I'm like, well, the Bible mm. brings up just a, just a, so many human beings. Mm. Like, there's an inf, there's not an infinite number of human beings the Bible talks about. It right. talks about a very specific uh, amount of human beings, and of those, not all of them are prophets. Mm-hmm. So if we just take the the law of averages, there's been what some 13 billion people that have saw that been on this earth or something like that. Yeah. If if God was sprinkling prophets amongst humanity since mm-hmm. the dawn of time mm-hmm. what makes you think he just stopped all of a sudden yeah that's a good question especially because the first the first um the the first organism the first 
organization, the first thing that God created was family. So, so that, that's where his interest is. And, and by the way, uh, the scripture talks a lot about female prophets as well. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. so that's when we, you know, we, sometimes we call it mom's intuition. Yeah. No. I, I think the prophecy prophesying is is a lot more yeah. common than as you're as a listener. Maybe maybe yeah. you're listening. You're like, no, I I know there's just, there's prophets on almost every mm-hmm. street corner. There could mm-hmm. be right. You go to a mm-hmm. large metropolitan area. There are there are prophets amongst you. Yeah. Right. In in this case, when we're talking about this 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 godly this prophet in the Old Testament, these were specific men and women who were were pinned and picked by God to deliver a message mm-hmm. to kings and to people. Right. So these were extreme cases. These were like, <laughs> bro, like, like not everyone's an extreme case too. I want to emphasize that. Like the prophet said to David, you know, you're the guy, you're the guy that's, you're the guy that's wrong. Yes. It's, it's so, those, that kind of stuff. So, so remember you're reading a book that is, is chock full of prophets, mm-hmm. but they made the book because you know, they made the cut because mm-hmm. they were extreme. Because they were extreme. <laughs> right? It's like. Uh, so, so that, that maybe, you know, at Starbucks, there isn't an extreme profit, mm-hmm. uh, but there are still people that get these sprinkles of, yeah. oh, I see that. Yeah. Well, when we pull it back to the dad being a prophet, like for his, to his family, not just his immediate family, his kids and his wife, but also, uh, to his his patriarchal responsibilities, I just talked to a good friend of mine, um, a really good friend of mine um, that you know, um, and I said, "What's the greatest challenge in your life right now?" One of the greatest challenges, he said, that I'm preparing to be the patriarch in my family because the the patriarchs and matriarchs are now older. And they're aging, and I'm I'm beginning the grieving process now to prepare myself to be the patriarch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, so now he he has he is stepping into that. So when I say profit to your family, it's not just your kids and your wife, but but your extended family. Yeah. So let's let's break it down to uh, to if you don't know if you are and and. I'm 39 years old. I mm-hmm. didn't realize that. I thought I always thought my sole gift of the spirit was uh, was music, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I and that is a gift mm-hmm. that I can pick up any instrument, and just mm-hmm. start playing it and play mm-hmm. it rather well. Um, but this gift, mm-hmm. I would say, I identified it about two years ago. Yeah, two to three years ago, I identified it two to three years ago because I thought that everyone had it. Right. So when I when I would see these things and when. It, it wasn't until I was a well into my adulthood that I realized, oh, not everyone, you, you, mm-hmm. you don't see a vision on how, yeah. on how this scenario is going to end. You yeah. don't like, that's not normal. So, so you bring up a good point. Uh, the prophet does two things. He foretells, fortune teller foretells, mm-hmm. and he foretells. He, he says, for example, Forthtelling is repeating what God has said in his word. So that's one office of the prophet or one function of the prophet, the office of prophet. And then foretelling is seeing the future and saying to your family, guys, 
I know we all love this house. We need to pivot. We need to (laughs) (laughs) puke. Just threw up in my throat a little bit. Uh, we need we need to pivot. We don't need to buy this house. Yeah. There's something mm-hmm. so so. There's those two functions in the office of profit. Mm-hmm. In regard to the father of the house, the the dad, the the husband. You buy you by default function as a profit because it's your job. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's your job to be in close, tight connection with God, to hear his voice, to get his direction for yourself, for your wife, for your kids, and for the dealings that you must have in your life for them. Okay. So you're, you may be listening. You're like, well, you know what? I, I have, I feel the Holy Spirit at times. I just don't speak up or I have, I, I see things every now and again. Mm-hmm. And I just always thought that they were just weird dreams or whatever. Uh, how does one get, give me three, three ways that one uh, becomes more in, in tune with this gift. Yeah. So to, to be clear, if you're a dad, if you're a dad or you are, are going to be a dad, or if you're a single guy and you lead people and we all lead people, then you have, especially in the family unit, um, and if you're single, that doesn't mean that you don't speak to your extended family. So we're talking about profit, profit, dad, profit in the family here. By nature and by default and by creation design, you are that. That is an, that is an office that you function in. So how yeah, do you, how do you like it or not? Like it or not, it's a responsibility and that's part of your identity. And if you don't accept that, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to, you're going to. Like for, here's a prime example. I knew we should not have done that. I knew we should not have. Mm-hmm. I knew, I knew we should have. What, what, and then, what? and then you could go back and be like, well, how, why did, how did you know? Yeah. And then, so for an average man, they'd be like, I just knew. It's not hindsight. I, ju- I just it's, knew. It's foresight. So let's, let's get on the three things to, if this uh, was a, if this was a workout. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, I want bigger biceps. Yeah. Well, you got to just do these three things. Okay. Here it is. Number one is that. You must pray. Mm-hmm. You you need to be in listen. A, 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 you 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 need you need to pray for God's wisdom, knowledge, discernment, understanding, insight, discretion, favor with God and man, discipline, common sense. You need to ask God for all that every day, and you need to pray like you're the third monkey trying to get on the ark. <laughs> I, in my notes here, um, so most of this stuff is off the cuff. There are a few things we mm-hmm. write down. We're mm-hmm. like, all right, so mm-hmm. let, we need some take homes at least, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I put close a close relationship yeah. with God. Yeah. But but how do how do <clears throat> over over time since we met, how do we develop our relationship? Communication. Communication time together. Mm-hmm. Life groups do stuff together. Yeah. Work together. Like all all that stuff. So as I translate it to God, that would be praying. Praying, spending time with God. One of the <clears throat> one of the disciplines I think that men need to to really t- tune into and hone is to journal. A lot of young guys say, oh, "I don't write. I don't use pen and paper anymore." Well, you need to you need to change that because there's something about writing something down and committing to it. Uh, to 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 communicate with God, sitting quietly, 
walking down a hallway, driving in your car, writing in your journal, praying, lying in bed, waking up. Communicate and spend time with God. And the best way to do that is to talk to God. But but I know some people who talk to God, but they position themselves. I have one friend, uh, one of the most powerfully spiritual guys that I've ever met in my life. His name's Joe Phillips. And he 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 journals like a madman. But he also takes time to just sit before God. Mm-hmm. And he he just sits there and yeah. listens. So I I pray where I do a lot where I do the lion's share of the talking. Um reading gets me close. Reading the word, because I mean everything that God will physically say on a piece of paper is in the is in that book somewhere and it's 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 never changing but it's ever fluid it is yeah it's it's eternal is the word and and what going back to your point about prophet being a teacher we have the script for teaching for all things in the word so the more that we know god's word the better off we are it begins to it begins to flow out of us so we have to pray and spend time with God. We have to study God's word mm-hmm. and we have to understand it. And and it's not that hard to understand. I, I found that it's really not. The word for me has it ever evolves in my life, be it that mm-hmm. when I was younger in my faith, um, it meant one thing. Mm-hmm. And these lines and these stories, they they turn as I get stronger in, in faith and new new ideas and new uh new purposes of these stories, they, they impact me differently. Um, it's an ever-growing uh, sense of understanding the word. Like, oh, I'd never been through that life experience, but as I've read this passage, it is very uh, applicable to my current life circumstance that 20 years ago, I would have never thought that that would have happened because I just never thought I would have experienced this in life. So the word, it the, the words on the piece of paper don't change, but the the how they affect your life, your your take on those things, that's ever fluid. So if I want to be in a closer relationship with God, um, he's speaking to me through the word. He is. Um, I want to pray and I want to talk to him. I also want to grow, uh, grow my, grow my faith with a community of people. Right. So if I, if I did all this stuff by myself, it was just me and God, I'd probably, I'd probably get far along. But it's if I'm not applying it to actual living, if I'm not applying it to the, my circle around me, um, I'm missing out on a larger step of of growth. So I yeah we so point one uh, you know to pray get in close relationship with mm-hmm. God a, 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 a second way to become a stronger at your at at being the prophet mm-hmm. uh, would be uh, practice being in God's presence right so the way that the way that you do that, I, and that, that's really, you know, close to number one too. But when you, one of the ways to, to be in God's presence is to read the book, to read the stories, like like you said, mm-hmm. to read, to see how God operated, and then to see how Paul wrote in the New Testament and other New Testament writers how to ap- apply every. I call it daily application, everyday living application. How do I apply this to my life? So as you read and study and pray and spend time with God, they're, they're two different things, but they're really one. Then you begin to understand and you get this narrative that, that God is, is 
pitching to us through the New Testament and Old Testament writers is, here's the truth, walk in the truth, understand the truth. And the more that you read the book, the more that you understand and the more it, the more it makes sense. In other words, the beauty about God's word is it's like seed. Wherever you throw it, it's going to bear fruit. Like you throw it in your heart and your mind, it's going to grow there. If you throw it in the lives of other people, it's going to produce fruit. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly correct. Um, the one thing we haven't brought up in these two steps, the uh, being close relationship with God by prayer, by reading, and by community, by practicing being in his presence, mm-hmm. uh, the largest way I am in his presence is by meditation. Mm-hmm. So prayer is me talking to God. Mm-hmm. It's me unloading on God. It's mm-hmm. me, hey, how are you? Da, 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 da. Yeah. I talk for five minutes and then yeah. say, okay, see you later, yeah. and then walk away. Uh, God could quickly be like, did you not want my take on this? Mm-hmm. You know, if you have, you do have a friend where all they do is talk, mm-hmm. all they do is talk, particularly about themselves. And then how often do you get together with that friend? Because at the end of the conversation, you're like, well, I don't, I don't spend time with, I don't spend time with people. So meditation uh, is the quiet portion right. of being in the presence. It's, it's like my friend Joe who sits before the Lord. Yes. Like just sits and with his journal in hand and just. Just, in prayer, I uh, talk, I unload. In yeah. meditation, I, I listen for his response. Right. And meditation, too, as David wrote in, in Psalm, the book of Psalm, he said, I meditate on your word both day yep. and night. Yep. So I'm thinking. I, I'm processing what I read. Yeah. yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's in, in that, that piece takes us to the, ne- the next one is, and the last one is that to really fine tune and hone. You pray presence of God. You study God's word. You understand God's word. You you, you meditate. You make all. yourself a student of God's word. And then the third thing is that you have to you have to find. We say this all the time, and people are probably getting tired of it. But um, but you shouldn't. You should adapt uh, adapt this thinking, and that is that God did not make men to be alone not he made us to have desire and have relationship with a woman our wives but also to have community with other men where yep where where we can like uh pastor sean says we can mutter god's word we can we can toss it around and we can play with it like a ball and figure out like Mm -hmm. our friend rabbi matt says that we Gentiles think linearly. Like <laughs> <laughs> I love, he does always start his sentences. You, you Gentiles. Gentiles. You Gentiles. I picked him up. I picked him up at, <laughs> at the airport the other day, and I said, "What's up, Hebrew?" Like, <laughs> uh, you Gentiles. <laughs> you Gentiles. Oh my God! Uh, but he said, he said we argue. Jews argue about it. We we roll it around, and nobody. We don't have to have an answer, but we just roll it around and see how it works, how it applies, and 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 there's this there's this discourse that happens. And as I think back to to our Thursday night thing, that's a lot of what happens. Mm-hmm. Like you pitch the ball, people bat it around, and then you close the deal. It's like, yeah, that. Yeah, so you sort of figure it out. Y'all are taste testing something. Yeah. And then you're figuring out how to adjust yeah, the recipe. Yeah, for your family, for your life, like yeah. for the dude trying to decide on a a job that that's really great job or the guy over here who's trying to decide how I'm going to get my health back or this guy over here is uh, how am I going to get out of this this 
place I've been hiding from people because I don't want to be around people. It's the word of God applies to all of that. We just have to pitch it around and toss it around and yeah. figure out the answer. And much of the time in community in men in dude community, much of the time the answer comes from the corporate, the corporate thinking of the group. Yeah. That's then that's a great way to close it. Hey, the, there was a prophecy amongst us. You probably have had fleeting moments of it. If at the very least you receive God's word and you translate and dictate it to the family or your close surroundings, how do you get better at that? Well, you obviously have to have a better and closer relationship with God so he can speak to you. You know, study the word, pray, ask for the ask for guidance on these things. Then be quiet and listen. You know, practice being in his presence. Mm. Be quiet and listen, meditate mm. on his word day and night. And then finally, you got to actually have this uh, applied science in your in your surrounding. Yeah. You know, you yeah. actually have to go forth and do something. With applied it. science is good. Yeah. So you know, pray, get close to God, ask to get close to God, beg for Him to get close yeah. with you, and then when He gets there, listen to yeah, what He the, has to the, say. On the you. guarantee is the guarantee is that He will speak. Oh yeah, He will. If you'll listen, that's another story. If you'll make yourself available to listen, another story. But he will talk. If you there's one who can and will if he is sought out. And he will and he will and does when he is sought out. Are you gonna be a recipient for yeah, it? There Are you, you gonna go. make yourself a recipient for it? Because if there you, you do, if you do, yeah, the people around you, your family, your children, your coworkers, your yeah. friends, your circle of people, they they will benefit. And you can prophesy onto them either what you're hearing from God or what you're physically seeing from God. And then that's how you change the trajectory in the course of yeah. the people of the people you love in our society. Yeah. So yeah. it's good good stuff, man. Hit us back. Great episode. Yeah. So this is this was good. part part one, week one of this three part series that we're gonna do uh, on the prophet, on the priest and the king. Yeah. If you like this episode and you found it relatively useful in any regard in your life, uh, share it, please, on your social media yeah. platforms. Um, tell a friend. Uh, we, we, we want more listeners because what we're, what we're doing here, we're, we're building a culture to point people towards Christ. Yeah. And the more people that we can get their ticket punched, the better. So uh, for Pastor Barry, my name is Pastor Keats. We thank you for listening to this episode of Father Seekers, yep. and we can't wait to see you, talk to you, hear yep. you again next week. Yep. Thanks. Thanks.